This morning, uh, we turn to uh, the Acts of the Apostles, the 16th chapter, and we begin reading at the ninth verse. Acts 16, verse 9. Listen then for the voice of God. Actually, I think it's verse 6. Sorry about that. Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, which is modern-day Turkey, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia, and they went to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So from Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight from Samothrace, and the next day we went to Neapolis, and from there we traveled to Philippi a Roman colony, and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyretia named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message, and when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. The word of the Lord. Every endurance athlete, surfer, skier, or snowboarder that I know is trying to find flow. They're endlessly searching for and chasing after flow. One might ask, what's flow? Thank you. Stephen Kotler, in the book West of Jesus, Surfing, Science, and the Origins of Belief, defines flow as, and I quote, moments of rapt attention and total absorption where action and awareness merge, the sense of self vanishes, the passing of time changes, we're free from monkey mind, inner chatter and we have a sense of being in sync with nature. Flow happens in all sorts of endeavors, but I know it through outdoor physical pursuits where there is an experience of body and creation being one, being in flow together. 
Research scientists can point to the release of certain neurochemicals and the activation of brain circuits when individuals are in a state of flow. It's a thing. It's a real thing. And I can bear witness that flow is addictive. It doesn't happen often. It happens less as you age or when you're injured. But the pursuit remains. You still seek after flow. Now, amen, Wally? Now, this may sound like new agey, touchy-feely surfing lore, but I know there's something to being in flow, to being in sync with body and creation, and I'd venture that there's something spiritual at play here. In our text this morning, Paul seems to be in flow with the Spirit. Paul credits what happens to the activity of the Spirit. He's following the flow. Consider. Paul's convinced that he's called to share the good news of Jesus Christ beyond the boundaries of, of, of ethnicity and culture. So he travels to the far reaches of the Roman Empire, and we pick up reading where Paul confesses that he tried to go to Asia, but the Spirit blocked the way. He tried to cross the border into Turkey, but the Spirit blocked the way. Then the vision of a man from Macedonia sets his itinerary, and the Spirit makes a way. He follows that flow. Now, there's no indication of how the Spirit blocked their travel. Broken wagon wheel, bad weather, or some internal disposition, internal trepidation. But the Spirit guided them here and not there, one way and not the other. And without record of ringing hands or angst-filled spirits, Paul sets sail for Philippi in Macedonia, and his journey coalesces with the wind of the Spirit, and he sails in two days, what later takes five. He's in the windy will of God, and he lands in what is modern-day Greece. The Holy Spirit leads all the way to the European continent. How do we know when we're in sync with the Spirit? Life is hard. Amen. <laughs> so how do we know when a barrier is a sign of God's will? Should we assume that when things go our way, we're in the Spirit? How do we know when we're in the flow of the Spirit? 
the Christian Reformed Church has a spotty record of church planting. Massive resources, millions and millions of dollars, were poured into church planting efforts in the 80s and 90s, and many or most of those efforts eventually petered out. In our efforts to reach beyond ethnicity and culture, there are very few examples of success. I'm a failed church planter. I know something of those difficulties. But over time, last 30 years, I've noticed a shift in language. We now, you now hear denominational executives talking about identifying where the Spirit is already blowing and then coming alongside to join in that movement. We are less inclined to parachute into a community to plant a church believing the Spirit will lead the way now we try to find and follow the wind. Consequently, the Christian Reformed Church is not planting as many churches as they used to. But we recently welcomed 25 new congregations from Venezuela with this approach. Is that following the flow of the Spirit? One might ask. <laughs> when Paul arrives in Philippi, there are only a few Jews. So there was no temple. According to Jewish law, a temple required ten men, the heads of ten families. Without ten families and a temple the people went down to the river to pray. Not unlike singing by the, rivers, by the rivers of Babylon. A displaced people in a foreign land gathered to pray. Therefore, Paul talks to the gathered women down by the river, and Lydia, a God-fearing Gentile, hears makes room for Jesus, and invites Paul and his companions to stay with her. The Spirit blows Paul to Philippi. The Spirit opens Lydia's heart to Paul's word. The Spirit flows until a Gentile woman is offering hospitality to a Jewish man in the flow. So, dear friends, what are we to make of all this? Willie Jennings writes about Paul's journey. He writes this. This is a love that cannot be tamed, controlled, or planned, and once unleashed, it will drive the disciples forward into the world and drive a question into their lives. Where is the Holy Spirit taking us and into whose lives?
The test of, that's Willie Jennings. The testimony of Scripture is that the Holy Spirit is active. It's not just that one day God will gather creation unto shalom, but somehow God's Spirit is directing, driving, and making a way. Even in Philippi, even today, the Holy Spirit flows out and love unleashed pushes beyond the boundaries. And so as that's true, when we, when, when we reach towards others in love, are we in the flow of the Spirit? When we move beyond the boundaries to love others, are we in the Spirit? Or does God ever block our way? Is it that simple? Love others, you're in the Spirit. John Calvin writes, To Christians, the Spirit of the Lord is not a turbulent phantom which they themselves have produced by dreaming or received ready-made from others, but they religiously seek the knowledge of the Spirit from Scripture. I like that. I like the phrase, a turbulent phantom, because it captures the notion that the Spirit is not blowing about as a mystery, hither and thither, and our task is to catch it. We're not left chasing an elusive mystery, but rather than a turbulent phantom, the movement of the, of the Spirit is detailed in Scripture. So while I don't know if the Spirit leads to this career or to that spouse or to this vacation home or to that parking spot, I've heard the Spirit credited with all these things. I don't know if the Spirit does all that. It seems to me that according to the witness of Scripture, when we love friend and enemy, we're in the flow of the Spirit. When we love Jew and Gentile, we're in the flow of the Spirit. When we love Christian and Muslim, we're in the flow. When we love gay and straight, we're in the flow. When we love family and foreigner, we're in the flow of the Spirit. That's not to deny the Spirit's leading in a variety of other ways. That's not to deny some feeling. I feel the Spirit. It's not to deny some feeling of the Spirit. That's not to deny devotional practices that might make us more in tune with God's more particular will. And neither is that to suggest that the flow of the Spirit is easy. 
following the wind of the Spirit does not equate to our good fortune. Quite frankly, Paul was following the Spirit and he ended up beat up, jailed up, shipwrecked, and eventually killed. So to be in the flow of the Spirit doesn't mean easy sailing with smooth waters and the wind at our backs. So how do we know when we're in the flow of the Spirit? It seems clear that the Spirit would not push or pull us contrary to the purpose of Christ, the embodiment of love. And I'm not sure that the purpose of the Spirit in our text is setting an itinerary, but rather the proclamation of the gospel. That's to say that the Spirit points us toward Christ. The Spirit directs us toward the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The flow of the Spirit is toward the good news that you are loved, forgiven, and made right with God in Christ. Thanks be to God. So dear friends, I get the longing for spiritual flow to be so attuned to the will of God that we know when he's blocking this way and opening that way. Faith is in part the desire to be so connected to God that our bodies, our spirits, and our intentions are in sync with God's. I don't know how we always know when that's happening, but I get the longing for it. And in a moment, when we ordain and install new elders and deacons, big shift right here, in a moment when we install new elders and deacons, our prayer will be the, the same. They are uniquely called and gifted to serve as elders and deacons. And it's our prayer that they will be in flow with the purpose, path, and proclamation of Jesus. It's our prayer that they will be in the Spirit, that we might love others, proclaim the good news, and point all toward Jesus Christ. May they have the wisdom and courage to help us follow where the Spirit leads. May they lead us in following that flow. Thanks be to God. Amen.